And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Buffalo Beat. My name is Joe Biscalia. Thank you all for joining me on this episode, which probably going to be a bit different than our usual episodes and you know for obvious reasons we did not do a post-game episode also for obvious reasons so thank you for you know understanding the uh the moment and not wondering where the pod was or, or anything like that it was a uh monday night was a an evening that you know i i will never forget I don't think anyone will ever forget. Um, it's one of those games where, or moments, I should say, not game. It's one of those moments where you stop right where you are, you know where you are, you know who you're with, that sort of thing, because of what potentially could have happened right then and there. So um, I'm not sure how where this whole podcast is is going to go on this episode. So bear with me from that respect. But, you know, I think this is just going to kind of be a, a stream of consciousness for me because this is, above all else, like one of the, one of the most memorable moments in Buffalo Bills history. And because of the sheer terror that... Um, that was brought up from that moment. And I'm of course of talking about DeMar Hamlin and you know, when he collapsed on the field and then the subsequent events that, that happened over the course of that hour were just shattering. I think is a word, um, especially to the the guys that were on the field and the coaches and the staff that was on the field. Traumatic. It was unforgettable. And one that really has put a special highlight on how important the mental health component is to the entirety of the operation in general, but definitely even more so once, you know, a shared experience happens right in front of a bunch of players' eyes. So when Everyone was watching that. I'm sure the scenes of the players' reaction were there. You know, everyone, you know, I haven't gone back and, and watched the actual collapse since, since the night of. And I don't think I want to see that again. 
So it was my experience was probably a bit different than than most of your experiences, unless you were at the game in Cincinnati, which I'm sure you know there there were a lot of people that traveled. So I'm sure a lot of people had had that type of experience. But on the broadcast, seeing the sheer terror from the players and you know watching as first responders had to come in and try and successfully might add save Damar Hamlin's life and I don't want to go too much farther without highlighting the fact that I'm recording this on on Friday January 6th at 4 30 p.m and at the time of this recording Damar Hamlin is awake he is no longer intubated from the last we've heard. He is breathing on his own. He is talking with his family, his loved ones. He FaceTimed with the Bills. He flexed in front of the in front of the camera to open things up with the meeting with the Bills players. So those it had a a promising ending and to the point where Deion Dawkins, you know, today on a, on a zoom call with reporters said, we got our boy back. And so it resulting in this way and, and hopefully for everyone involved, it continues along the same lines where he eventually gets discharged from the hospital and, and then he begins to try and resume normal life. That's, that's, that's the goal here. For everyone involved, and no matter if you're a reporter that covers it or a fan that that watches, it's it's less about football. It's less about covering the game. It's less about you know analyzing things. It's just more about being a human than anything. And I think that's why you know it's such a such a shared experience because everyone is along the same lines. Like, yeah, I hope that kid is okay. 24 years old, everything along those lines. So all, all of these things have been promising. So like I said, I, I didn't want to go too much farther without like mentioning that that things look promising as of where it stands at the time of this recording. But it doesn't it, it doesn't take away from the moment and how how it felt, how it looked. For a lot of people and it's just so multifaceted because everyone watching at home has this shared experience about seeing guys like Josh Allen and Saran Neal and shoot I didn't I didn't really go back and watch the broadcast too many times as you might imagine because you know it's I had I had a bit of a, a, a different experience and and watching it from from the press box. But having that shared experience with so many people, everything everyone was just horrified and it's just a a big time freak accident that you know, I think a lot of the players have or at least one prominent player, Josh Allen, has has said he was assured that it was the the freakiest of freak accidents. It was exa- exactly the way that he put it, and it had to happen at, just at the at the right time for it to happen. 
but it doesn't make it any less frightening for a lot of these guys and any less traumatic for a lot of these guys and traumatic for, for people who are watching, honestly, as you, you go into a football game, you're thinking, Oh, final game of, and this is trivial final game, playoff seedings on the line, final game of a lot of fantasy football leagues out there. Just like dumb stuff. All, all things considered. And for it to just unravel the way that it did in in a horrifying manner was a lot to take in, I think, for a lot of people. And so the way that the Bills have handled themselves throughout that situation and getting the league to call off the game, at least suspend it, at, at the time and then eventually cancel it because you know there's just there's no way anyone could have expected the bills to go back to Cincinnati within a week and a half and try and go play a game or relive that experience or or whatever just didn't make sense from a human perspective so eventually the NFL did the right thing but I, I do want to just highlight some of the the overwhelming responses of what happened. Like this was something that no one possibly could prepare for. The the way that The first responders got there and were able to resuscitate Hamlin. Denny Kellington is someone who has gotten a lot of credit this week, and rightfully so. Their assistant uh, athletic trainer, Denny Kellington, for how he administered, successfully administered CPR on him. And... Another one was um, one of the members of the equipment staff, equipment manager, Corey Reblin, who got in there and was able to unscrew the face mask off of DeMar Hamlin's helmet so that way they could treat him properly throughout the entire thing. It's just that whole 15-minute area where there was just so many things that needed to go right that did just is quite honestly remarkable so for them to so for how how it all unfolded with i guess how the those 15 minutes that you know you just you just go back and you replay it right it's just sticks in your mind it it um it certainly It's it's one of those things that, that you have to talk about with people because it's a it's a shared experience. And I think for the for the most part, the way that the the Bills responded to that outside of the, the obvious trauma was pretty remarkable, if I'm honest. It starts with 
Sean McDermott, it starts with Brandon Bean and starts with a lot of the staff members that were able to, to work on Hamlin first and foremost. That's the most important part and getting him to a spot where they can get him to the hospital and continue to try and save his life. Like that's just incredible stuff by all of them. So that deserves the most credit of all credit possible. And it's the reason why a lot of the other thing, the other people that I'm going to talk about are quick to push the, the praise elsewhere. But I, you know, when you go through and you analyze a team and you analyze a season the way that I do, you know, I think most of you know that I'm, I'm very analytically driven and I focus on what I can see on film and certainly what I, what I listen to from, from others inside the building and everything along those lines. Like it, it all kind of plays a role. What I see in practice, it all plays a role into the analytical. But I think the the humanistic perspective is a lot of times what is lost in in football, really. And I'm guilty of it. I think a lot of us are guilty of it. But the way that Sean McDermott, the human responded to that moment was well deserving of a lot of praise out there you know i i have a a very big um respect for how mcdermott conducted himself and how he how he led the team and you know i i say i say it to to um you know, most that ask and, you know, some people are surprised to hear like when I say that I'm not a fan of the team and I'm not. It's it's part of the way that that I want to do the job best is to stay neutral, stay unbiased. I think it helps my coverage in that way. And certainly it helps helps me see things in a different light that maybe you know isn't isn't seen if if there were to be any sort of like bias involved but this isn't like praising Sean McDermott here is is not these these two things are not one and the same i'm praising McDermott the human for how he handled that entire event and he's not the only one. Like, he had to draw strength from defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier, who I'm sure was just an absolute rock through that throughout that whole thing, because he's been a rock for everybody for in that building for going on six seasons now. But how McDermott was able to just shoulder all of the hurt, all of the trauma, all of the pain that was permeating around him in those 15 minutes. And to be with Hamlin, to be right there, close to close to the, the middle of it, as it's happening, as he himself is going through 
that same trauma because he, you know, he's not Hamlin's teammate, but he's also his coach who has grown to care for him and, and all of these other things. For McDermott to be able to compartmentalize trauma real time and to still show some leadership and to have the presence of mind to keep those those steps in place that to do right by his team was mightily impressive in my opinion and i'm sure it hit him well after the fact what he had seen because you know at that point you're you're acting out of adrenaline like my experience was was totally different from obviously Sean McDermott's because he's down on the field but like you know when just from a just from a media perspective just to give you give you all just a, a little snippet of what what that event was like for me and I won't go too far in this because it's not about me but I'm watching that from binoculars from a press conference I know this is a from the press box I know this is going to be just an absolutely massive story that that we need to that we need to cover and in a in a large way because it's bigger than football. And so you're looking at details, you're you're remembering things, you're jotting things down and looking at it from a different perspective because what you're seeing on the broadcast is different from what what you see when the whole field is right in front of you and when you have kind of a a zoomed in view on it then it's it's a lot it's a lot to take in with that moment seeing the looks on guys faces seeing you know certain things that that they were they were doing um to help damar hamlin at that point in time Uh, but at that point it's adrenaline 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 and to the point where you get done writing the whole thing which is where you start to let yourself process and think about what happened. And I won't lie, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable in saying that, you know, I, I, in, in my hotel room, when I got back to it, I had an early flight, so there was no point in sleeping at that point. Um, but I, I definitely just like stared at a wall for a little bit and just, tried to process everything that that I had seen in front of me. You know, I, since point since point, I'm no I know you're probably like, "Joe, are you good?" Yeah, I'm good. I I came home and and talked a lot with friends, talked a lot with my wife, everything like that and and you know, in a good place and certainly it helps that uh it's help it's very helpful to see that DeMar Hamlin is making a recovery the way that he is. But that pales in comparison and so that's just like a, that's just like a, an aside to show how maybe adrenaline can can help get you through a traumatic event. But it pales in comparison to everything that Sean McDermott had to do. So when you have him seeing what is happening with with his team around him and knowing that he needs to be that source of strength. And even after they put Hamlin into the ambulance and 
You know, they drove it off the field, getting everyone around him just to kind of take a moment to to think of DeMar and, and everything along those lines. That was one thing. But then when Zach Taylor walked across the field, because seemingly it didn't feel right for anyone to continue to play football and yeah, I know everyone in in the press box, everyone on Twitter for that matter, was like, stop the game. What are you doing? Stop the game. And even just like seeing, I, I think one of the things I remember was, you know, some of the defensive guys put their helmet back on and, and a few of them even walked out on the field for, for their side thinking that the game was about to continue. And that's immediately when I saw Zach Taylor walk across the field and for Sean McDermott to in in that moment go I shouldn't I shouldn't be coaching and McDermott is so hardwired with football right <laughs> it's it's everything that we know about him but just to be able to push that aside was 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 really impressive and and to lead those guys into the locker room and to lead lead them through the decisions that needed to be made uh, once they were in the locker room. All of that was extremely evident. And it's not even just just the night of, like the, the subsequent days, listening to people both in the building and out talk about how McDermott uh, handled that situation. Like Josh Allen was couldn't be more effusive in, in, in his praise for what McDermott did for them, not only that night, but in the subsequent days, you know, just being that, that rock for a lot of guys that, um, that quite frankly needed it. Outside the building, you know, I, I spoke with a, with a lot of people that, that know McDermott and Brandon Bean both. For a story that I did that's going to be posting on Saturday morning uh, at The Athletic. One of them was Ron Rivera, uh, who is the current commander's coach, who was the Panthers coach when McDermott was the defensive coordinator there. And and Rivera was just saying how proud he was of McDermott in that moment to be able to lead and to have the the emotional awareness and the empathy to read everything that his players were, were, were putting out for him. I mean, Rivera wasn't alone. Other guys like Dave Gettleman, Joe Shane, Brian Dable, all these guys that I talked to, just they could not have said better things about McDermott. And, and Bean, but McDermott was the guy that was the focal point because he was out there and he was out there for the world to see. It was a nationally televised game and it was a one of the most traumatic events in NFL history. That's not an, that's not a an over exaggeration. I think we all know that by now. And the way that that people have responded um, have to the entire thing and just the outpouring of, of support and even just for the most part 
outside of some crazy stuff that was put out there. For the most part, people coming together, you know, regardless of team affiliation, media, team, every everyone is just of the same belief. Like, hey, I, I, I hope that guy's okay. I hope he pulls through because it would be devastating to so many different people inside that building and inside the league and just people in general to like the football is a is a source of enjoyment for so many people and to have it hit like that and for people who maybe were watching with their kids having to explain explain that like that's that had to be frightening for for a lot of people out there watching so like i said very very glad that that things have turned the way that they have um in into the positive realm for you know just humanistic reasons so the bills you know kind of spinning this forward Maybe I'll, I'll, I want to talk about Brandon Bean a little bit too because I think the the role that that he and Ron Rakuya of um, you know the the EVP of of the Bills I think the the role that those two guys played behind the scenes in the tunnel in the locker room area was vitally important to get. In the in the midst of, of chaos and in, in a situation that has not been seen in the NFL in a long, long time, especially well, definitely not in today's NFL with all of the advancements that that there there are. For them to go into logistics and And helping to ease the situation in any way possible or just figuring things out that needed to be fig- figured out right then and there. I think both of those guys did a tremendous job with that and getting DeMar Hamlin's loved ones on the ambulance with him and then turning their attention over to speaking with officials. Uh, you know, I'm sure there were a lot more steps than that. But and consoling players, being in the locker room with them, you know, just just being that um, the person that people in the organization can feel like that they can can go to and that they can trust. And I think Bean does a really nice job with that in general. And a lot of the ways that people that have worked or have played for him or still do speak about him kind of speaks to that fact. And it, it, I think my, one of my biggest takeaways was that, you know, the overall duo that they have in McDermott and Bean, like they were so well equipped for the moment and how, how could you be equipped for the moment? But just their overall, the way that, they react to situations gave them such a fighting chance in that moment. And, you know, I think, yeah, I think 
beyond football, beyond the wins and losses, beyond everything, I feel like uh, Bills fans have to be feeling pretty lucky right now to have those two guys in those spots in in that specific situation. Is it always going to be perfect from a from an on-field perspective? No, it's not. And you know, eventually the show is going to go on and Sunday the the Bills are going to take on the Patriots in and I'll I'll touch on that in a little bit, but and event, like I said, eventually the show is going to go on to where you know everyone still has their mind on Demar Hamlin, but maybe if he's progressing and his uh, he's getting back to normal life, then you know, this it becomes more about the playoffs and performance and everything like that. That that's that's stuff that is another time and day. But just in terms of a raw human reaction and the ability to help others process while you're still processing yourself is really commendable. So kudos to everyone involved from the staff members to everything. You know, I th- you know, it just uh, everything it seemed like it had to be perfect for it to result in the way that it's trending right now and and it was so it was a it was a well done job by by that organization and they deserve credit they deserve a lot of credit for how it happened for for how they handled it looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events we've got the spot our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So let's spin it forward a little bit because, you know, I think a lot of people have done a lot of reflecting about the situation and I, I certainly have myself. There's no doubt. You have to. I mean, you have to. I think Mitch Morse put it best. You have to. You know, have that internal dialogue. You have to, and everyone processes it, processes it differently, whether it be, 
you know, talking with others or, you know, just talking with yourself about it and, you know, trying to, trying to find a good place for you while, while you're processing it. And uh, while it affected those people on, on the field the most, I'm sure there's a lot of people that were out there watching it on television that, that were impacted by it. So getting to a, getting to a spot where you're, you know, processing it yourself is, is, is good. And that allows you to kind of spin it forward to kind of think about what the moment might be like, um, on Sunday. And I've tweeted it out a couple of times that as soon as I think the first time I did was after the bills had announced that Damar Hamlin was awake and doctors revealed that he was moving his hands and feet and that he even wrote, did we win? (laughs) Which is, you know, just unbelievable stuff. Um, But to, but once that, once that came down, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Once that came down, it was immediately in, in my brain like this is exactly what those those players were waiting for and like this is gonna amp them up in a way that you know they they might not have thought that they could get to based on earlier in the week and as soon as I thought about that I'm like well they're definitely gonna play on Sunday and I just thought about what that environment is going to be like at Highmark Stadium. And I'm not like trying to, to play up to, to you all because you're fans of the team, obviously. That, that's I assume most of you that are listening are Bills fans, but I'm not trying to play up to it. I genuinely think that that, that atmosphere on Sunday against the Patriots is going to be one of the most electric, emotionally charged, memorable days in that stadium's history. I truly believe that. Because throughout the last couple of days, there has just been this collective breath from the entire world, honestly, because of that, the outpouring of support for DeMar Hamlin, you know, people donating as much money as they did to his foundation. People are invested in this situation. And it was almost universally this, this shared thing, like as soon as the good news started coming in, like... I kind of joked with some friends. Twitter, because it's become into eh, an overwhelmingly negative place, negative space, I should say. Like this week, it's been kind of throwback Twitter because it's been mostly positive to where people are just all thinking the same thing. Like, you know, just wanting that, that guy to be able to live a normal life and and live <laughs> for that matter 
So it seems like everything is is trending in that in that way. But that leads us to Sunday, where the Bills are obviously amped up now. They they saw him on a Zoom call or FaceTime or whatever whatever it was, a video chat, we'll call it. He flexes, says love you boys, gives like a the, the heart symbol with his hands a few times because he Yeah, obviously there's didn't want to talk too much considering everything he had just gone through, but that just put a whole different motivation in and spin on things and you could tell just a this collective breath, like I said before, of everyone involved over there to where that trickles down to that trickles down to the fan base because a lot of you all are feeling a lot of the things that those players are albeit in a different experience but to be able to go to that stadium and <laughs> against the Patriots, mind you, which seems like, I don't know, one of one of the more memorable games I can remember in my time covering the Bills was um, the Bills-Patriots game back in 2011. And when the Bills snapped the streak, it was the Ryan Fitzpatrick... Uh, Fred Jackson game where Fred Jackson was stopped just short of the the goal line and wound up being the best thing for him. And Bill Belichick was trying to take a penalty to to stop the clock because the Bills are just gonna just gonna run it out. <laughs> that I mean that was one of the more memorable games um, in that stadium, at least from the time that I had been covering them. But for them to uh, for them to play the Patriots in a, in a you know a team that has given them so many problems over the years and a team that in the regular season last year beat them in Buffalo the win game and I think it's the Patriots have replaced the Dolphins and Jets uniformly throughout the fan base as the one that is the one that they have the strongest distaste for based on the way that they won and the way that they dominated for so long. So for this game to to have that sort of positive news, to have that that bump forward for the players to be able to, you know, not brush it not push it aside, but just to be able to relax a little bit and to have that motivation to to play for DeMar Hamlin, which will therein, uh, I guess, translate to fans wanting to be louder and everything like that. So I, th- I think that that stadium is going to be absolutely electric. And I'm not going to, you know, I, I talked with that story I was telling you about earlier that I, that I uh, that will be posting Saturday morning. I'm not going to tell you the exact quote from Brian Dable about what it what it's going to be like on uh, in that stadium. I'm going to tweet it because I <laughs> I don't want to do it a disservice because it's just funny. 
because it's Dable has an, an innate sense of what uh, what this area is like growing up here. And yeah, so so he gets it. But people, I, I think the Bills are very aware that that Sunday is going to be a, a pretty a pretty memorable experience. And I think a lot of them are looking forward to it. Coupled with the fact that now with the new NFL announcement, and this is so cursory to what we talked about for the first half an hour of, of the pod, but but coupled with the fact that if the Bills win, they guarantee that they will not have to go to Kansas City if they have to play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Which is pretty remarkable. The The way that the NFL is playing it is there are a few different scenarios, um, but basically what you need to know is if both the Bills and the Chiefs win, the Chiefs would be the one seed, they get the bye, the Bills would have their first two playoff games at home and let's say the Chiefs make it to the championship game let's say the Bills make it to the championship game that game gets played at a neutral site we don't know where yet what we do know is that Detroit is unavailable because they're redoing their playing surface and Sam Farmer of the LA Times reported that um, Indianapolis has a national volleyball tournament uh, in that facility uh, on that weekend so that probably rules that out so speculate, but that would that would be the way that that plays out. Or if the Bills win and the Chiefs lose to the Raiders, which seems unlikely, but you know weirder things have happened. The Bills would get the first round by, and they would host the playoffs all the way through. There would be no neutral site. So I'm sure a lot of you out there are going to be rooting against the Raiders, but. You know, either way, a Bills win means their season is not going to come down to being in Kansas City for a third straight year. And if it's not Kansas City, as long as the Bills win, then it's going to be in Buffalo. So that's those are pretty high stakes for the Bills and just adds to the overall atmosphere of what it's going to be like. And not to mention, the Patriots are currently in the seven seed. They're playing for their playoff lives. It's going to be... It's going to be a really memorable day, I think. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I think... I think it's going to be one of those that, that you remember. Um, and... You know, if you're there, I think I think a lot of people are going to always talk about that day and, and what it kind of felt like, what it kind of sounded like, what it kind of looked like. So, so yeah, it's it's all trending that way. So it went from a potential week of tragedy and what felt like a tragedy for a few days there to what is suddenly looking to be like an inspiring story that that featured a lot of pivotal people along the way 
can tell you it's uh it's been a a whirlwind to cover from a media perspective you know wearing a lot of different hats throughout the week but but it's been uh you know seeing the way that people responded and and supported and and um and certainly you know once the response once um Hamlin woke up and was no longer on a breathing tube. Uh, it's just, it's one, of, it's one of those stories you, you never quite forget. So, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. You know, I, I think we're going to have a, a bit of a eh, more standardized podcast. I think we'll, we'll still be talking about the atmosphere and, the environment all the same and but i think it would be a, a good point to start to shift back into football things as long as as long as things keep going the way that they are with with hamlin so so yeah it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a real humdinger <laughs> on sunday at, at highmark stadium and uh yeah we'll, we'll we'll see how this bills team looks and with you know, not as much preparation as they usually have for for a Patriots game, but yeah, I'm sure their overall adrenaline and um, I guess motivation to win for Demar Hamlin is is going to take over in that point. So I think that's a that's kind of a, a good place to to put a bow on this one. So. Um, I appreciate you all for letting me just do the stream of consciousness. I, you know, before I hit record, I, I told my wife, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to say. <laughs> like you have, you have thoughts throughout the week, but you know, when, when you're, when you're recording a podcast, you're like, okay, where, where's this one going to take me? Because it's just a multifaceted subject that just takes you in so many different directions but i appreciate you all for for listening to the to the show i appreciate you all for listening to the episode which is which was a bit different than than all the rest but you know i think it, a part of covering this team is being able to speak about the the challenging things and they've gone through a lot of them this year so i i appreciate you all for for um being able to or not being able to but but listening and being open to to what i have to say so i always appreciate it but um i guess that means the next time i will talk to you will be after the patriots game and like i said should be a real real doozy bills versus patriots um i guess i do owe you a prediction a a brief Shaq Lawson meditation prediction hour. Uh, God, what is what is the line even? See, that's that's the week. Like I, I'm normally like watching film all week. I haven't watched a lick of film uh, one bit. Um, let's see, line for the game: Bills favored by seven and a half. Total forty three and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the Bills to win. I'm going to take the Bills to cover, and I'm going to take the over because I think the Bills are going to. Uh, uh, I would be 
somewhat surprised if the Bills lose this game after everything that they've been through. So, so yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, so thank you all for listening. Again, next time I'll talk to you will be after the Patriots game, and we will go over what the stadium was like and what the game was like and where it goes from here once they get into the postseason. And by then, we'll know if the Bills are the one, the two, or the three seed. So thank you all for listening. My name is Joe Biscaglia, and we will talk to you next episode. See you then. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.